The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. This is the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Okay, 4960063. We're going to get to your phone calls in just a moment. The text line as well. But just for a rundown again, mm. this, is, this is what's shaking down when it comes to... Uh, Smoking, consuming cannabis, and now tobacco right. in Ed, in in Edmonton. So they so, married the two together. It's it's an exhaustive little list. But here it is: doorways, windows, and air intakes of buildings, patios, and bus stops. All of that you cannot smoke within ten meters of. Keep on going. Yeah. In addition, any patio or building. Uh, buildings include those that are publicly or privately owned, to which members of the public have access, such as stores and restaurants, so no patio consumption. Public vehicles, that includes buses, taxis, LRTs, and other vehicles that transport the public for a fee. All parks containing playgrounds, sports fields, skate parks, spark, uh, parks, bicycle parks, outdoor theaters, outdoor pools, outdoor spray parks, seasonal skating rinks, off-leash area. Areas. It also includes properties containing schools or child care facilities, any city-owned, any and all city-owned golf courses, all cemeteries, all ski hills, transit stations, bus terminals, LRT platforms, and then specifically Sir Winston Churchill Square, Fort Edmonton Park, uh, the uh, John uh, Jansen yeah, uh, Nature Center, the Edmonton Valley Zoo, the Mutar Conservatory, and Horlack Park. Also, anywhere designated as a non-smoking area in general. On the text line this afternoon, Isaac says, This is good. I love the new smoking law. Hated walking by the smokers huddled by the entrances. Um, I'm a cigar smoker, and the only place I can smoke cigars is on a golf course or in my house, so I have zero sympathy for cigarette and pot smokers. Rick says, hey, Jay and Andrew, so I can't get high in public 10 meters from a doorway, but I can drink, uh, I can get high in public 10 meters from a doorway, but I can't drink a beer. These guys are all high. <laughs> Someone says, make it 500 meters. It's still unenforceable. And then Stephen Slave Lake says, I've been smoking both for 50 years. I think it should be classed the same as alcohol, no public consumption, and from Red Deer. It's really quite simple. Don't be... A dink. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Hi, Brandon. What's on your mind this afternoon? Hey, Jay. Hey, T-Bone. How are you guys? I'm good, thank you. (laughs) Hey, listen, uh, two quick comments. I know you're probably lined up here. First of all, as far as the enforcement is concerned, I mean... We've had smoking bylaws in place for 100 million years, as long as tobacco's been around. And there's been shortfalls in the enforcement in that. And I think adding or blaming, you know, the, uh, the cannabis um, legalization on those shortfalls is probably a bit of a mistake. Um, I think it's, it's just a, a problem. It has nothing to do with cannabis. It's a shortfall enforcement. Secondly, I think most people who smoke anything, probably like yourself, Andrew, if you're going to go out and have a smoke, you're going to have a little bit of wherewithal to move away from a door, to be be somewhere where you're not going to offend anyone. Of course. I think smokers, I smoke both. We do that in general. 99% of the people, in my opinion, are going to do that. They're going to stay out of the way. They're going to, uh, you know, live by these bylaws just fine. And those uh, dinks, as we call them, uh, who don't, should have a fine put against them. I think it's pretty simple. And here's one more thing. I bet you a year or two down the road from now, this isn't going to be in the news anymore. 
Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, Brad. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah you're I, probably I, right I think on you're that right as well. On, yeah. I think people will just, you know, it'll it'll move along and, you know, it'll sort itself out. Do you know, in some ways, and now you've more convinced me of my perspective than ever before, the federal government said to the cities, figure it out. The cities, you're on your own. Yeah, I feel like now the cities have said to all the citizens, figure it out. Yeah, That's what I it feels like. I think the 10 like. meters is perfect, and I'll be honest with you here in Red Deer, I hope our uh, municipality follows suit and does the same thing. I think it's perfect. All-encompassing. Uh, find the people who are stupid about it, and for the rest of us, just use your heads. Thanks, yep, B-Man. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Take, take care. Okay. She's the only one that still calls you T-Bone, I think. I <laughs> love it every basis. time. Every time. It's, it makes me smile. <laughs> Hi, Eric. What's on your mind this afternoon? Oh, yes. I, uh, I, uh, I think it's too complicated. I'm I'm surprised that Edmonton didn't follow St. Albert's idea and just ban it altogether in private places. Uh, if you want to smoke it on private property, that's legal. I'm I'm surprised too, to be honest yeah. with you, because I know one of the driving forces behind this discussion with the city, and one of the reasons why they walked back their third reading in the first place is they wanted to make it simple. So the solution was, we'll make it simple by making the law, the bylaw, the same for smokers and non-smokers. But another way to make it simple is exactly what you just said: not in public. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that any cannabis user would be terribly upset with that. Um, because now they can smoke it at their house. They don't have to fear the door's going to get knocked down, and they can smoke it, at, you know. Well, except they would say it is it is legal, so why can't I be like yeah, cigarette but I mean, smokers? No, I, I agree yeah, with you, but... Right. Yeah. But it also makes it easier to relax the rules down the road. Mm-hmm. This makes it harder to relax the rules because the conversation immediately goes to, well, what about the smokers? Right. If, if by combining yeah. the two, you're trying to please two groups. And really, all these texts and these phone calls that are like, I'm happy... That's exactly what I'm talking about. You're happy. I'm not. The city is pitting groups together. And I'm not saying you're wrong or I'm right. They're pitting three groups together now. The people who don't smoke anything, the people who smoke cannabis, and the people who smoke cigarettes. Well, the people who, who don't smoke uh, and the people who smoke, I mean, trust me, there's there's always going to be... Of course. Um, you know, butting heads over this yep. one. I don't want to smell your tobacco smoke. I don't want to smell your pot smoke. doesn't matter. But now you got the smokers eyeballing the cannabis guys going, oh. this is the reason I'm standing <laughs> behind a dumpster because of you. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Thanks for the call. Hey, Rick. Well, where do I begin again? You know, they said, uh, I think the mayor had come up with a ten or $12 million figure for enforcement. And at what point do we stop enforcing everything? So uh, to, um, to, to not allow it to be smoked in public, like you were saying about St. Albert, I think that's the most reasonable. Do not, do not regulate more to create more uh, rules, regulation, and taxation. You cannot do that. So at the end of the day, you say, well, it's over, it's done. Well, hold on. To the taxpayer, if, if they have to rule and regulate it and administer that, and then the police force is going to need more enforcement, it goes down the line. So at the end of the day, it must come to an end. It cannot continue to tax, deregulate everything. But it's not allowed to be smoked in public. Done. Rick, yeah. thanks and, for the phone call. Yep. Okay. And you're right. That's an aspect of it I hadn't thought, all you non-smokers. Are you happy with paying more taxes to keep an eye on the smokers? (laughs) Hi, Larry. Hi. What what do you have to say today? Hey, I'm driving down Antac, hey, where this guy spilled his load of distillate. Hey, they closed the highway down. I did 900K just to drive around it. Anyhow, (laughs) my plan should go in, smoking. Hey, put that $12 $12 million into the pipeline. I don't know. It's just... 
pay through the nose to smoke. I've been smoking forever. I, I have respect, which a lot of people don't have, yeah. and maybe that classifies you as a dink. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Hey, if I pound a hole, a ball on the eighth hole into the bush, and I'm pissed, I'm going to have a smoke. There you go. I, yeah. I can't do that. That started in Fort Mac, and now they've got it everywhere, all golf courses. Yeah, you know, Larry. Thanks for the call. He raises a good point as well, right? You're not a smoker, Jalen and I, and get ready to roll your eyes, everybody out there. We're paying about seventeen dollars a pack. Don't care. I know you don't, but the reason we're paying seventeen dollars a pack, and we do it, and we accept it. Well, the reason is because you're addicted to tobacco. But we pay that price. That's the reason we buy cigarettes. The reason we pay seventeen dollars for those cigarettes is because taxes. So one level of government is saying, "Give us your money for this," and the other level of government is saying, "But don't do it." anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Some of your texts coming in this afternoon. Uh, what recourse do those of us who have allergies to marijuana have on the road, Al? There's none at this point. Uh, that's a long list. Good to hear. Um, and this one, I'm going to smoke where I want, when I want. Um, I can go ahead and, and they can go ahead and find me because it's going to be impossible to enforce it. Jeff says, uh, thank God for this bylaw. Smoking is disgusting to me and secondhand smoke is just gross. And someone wants to know, does this cover edible THC? Edibles are not legal no, yet. That's right. Edibles haven't even been addressed yet. So we'll take a break here at 2.45 when we come back. Uh, the mayor, Don Iveson, on with Ryan Jesperson this morning. We'll hear from him on this bylaw and on enforcement. So to clarify, when it comes to the edibles, you know, you can buy your own stuff and, and, and make it. It's you can buy legal... To, uh, as can, of with medicinal or as of October 17th with cannabis. Yeah. yeah, you can buy it, make your own. Yeah, but you're not going to be able to buy them in a store, no, in a legal store, or for online. probably at least another year. Yeah, they're looking at October, October 2019, 2019 as the date in which they'll address that. So when we said earlier we'll probably never have this conversation again, I would uh, mark in your calendar October 2019 <laughs> and we'll have this conversation again. Uh, uh, the mayor on with Ryan Jesperson this morning uh, talking about this issue. Take a listen. White Avenue, he wanted to see Edmonton's smoking bylaw suggest you got to be five meters for cannabis or tobacco or whatever else away from a window, a door, air intake, etc. Ultimately, council decided, I would say somewhat resoundingly, to make it 10 meters. Heard from a small business owner, Beth, who has a store in Old Strathcona. She says, uh, number one, I'd uh, be surprised if they're actually going to be enforcing this on October 17th. She said, number two, though, I am afraid that it's going to chase away customers. If you have to be 10 meters away from every window, air intake, or door, what does that mean for bars? and restaurants why do you support 10 meters well actually I, I we had a debate about it and voted on a specific amendment on five i actually supported five because i had concerns practically about how this was going to be enforced on uh, on white ave but but i accept that uh, council's decision in the end after a seven six vote uh, was to go with 10 and i think either way the point is that we we want to we want something as practical and enforceable we want something that protects public health we want something that doesn't push people too 
far away or have impacts to businesses. And, and so the point is we're going to monitor it and we're going to revisit it again in the spring and see whether there's uh, uh, anything we need to tweak in the bylaw. Uh, the bigger issue here for us is that we've got to start enforcing this thing. That's why we had to make a decision, had to move on. I'm glad we took extra time to get public feedback and the public overwhelmingly supports uh, fairly strong restrictions on where you can smoke either substance. Um, the bigger issue is that we still don't have the certainty of support from the province uh, in dollars to pay for that enforcement of this new bylaw, much less uh, police enforcement of uh, impaired driving, which uh, you know has has been an issue in the past, but we expect it to scale up. And so we're still waiting for support so that property taxpayers aren't on the hook in the end for the cost of legalization of cannabis. As you compare Edmonton to other municipalities across Canada, how would you characterize our readiness or preparedness for the new age on October 17th? You know, I, I'd say it's comparable in a lot of cases because uh, cities large and small across the country actually work together really well. We work together better than provinces. We work together than other orders of government. We have to. We have to be quite creative with very limited resources. And so through our networks, the Federation of Canadian Municipalities, Alberta Urban Municipalities Association, we've, we've been sharing a lot of best practice. And so I think we've helped each other get there, notwithstanding that we haven't had certainty across the country about the resources to, to do this work yet. So um, so I'd say we're in reasonable position, but like everybody else, we're waiting to see what actually happens in October. Waiting to see what actually happens in October. There you go. All right. Well, that settles that. <laughs> and, and what else is uh, interesting as well, and uh, the National Post had done an article on it today saying that um, a majority of the major, um, the, the big cities in the country, uh, the police forces have held off on ordering that device, the only device. Yeah, tell me about approved this. Approved to test saliva for THC. It's that Drager, uh, Drager drug test 5000. Um, and including Edmonton, I had talked to um, Edmonton Police uh, Media Relations today. They confirmed that, no, they have not ordered one yet. Um, they are still evaluating it because there's a number of concerns about it. There's lots of articles uh, out there about it, including just reliability, mm-hmm. uh, what it's testing, you know, hours past, all that sort of stuff. She had said that a decision will be made in uh, the coming weeks. In a the, decision in the, will a be decision made. Okay. will be made whether or not they're going to, to go with it or not. Again, it's the only one that's been approved so far. But she said even when they do order it, number one, there's going to take some time to get it. Number mm-hmm. two, they will have, it's going to take some time to train the officers to use it. Okay. So there's not going to be anything in place machine-wise in Edmonton. In Edmonton to test for drug impairment. What they will be going by is their um, their field sobriety test, which they have been doing mm-hmm. for years anyway, but it's like the touch the nose and walk and your balance and all that sort of stuff. Well, that should be really interesting mm-hmm. and not to make this even worse. It is the standardized field sobriety test conducted by specially trained police officers at the roadside. Well, let me throw this uh, wrench in the works for you then. So a police officer stops somebody today on the side of the road and smells marijuana in the Uh car and uses that as a reasonable cause to search the car or test the driver, right? is and using only a sobriety test now. So will they still have that same ability once marijuana is legal because the guy just says, no, I just left a party where everyone was smoking up. 
Because you don't reek of alcohol from your body when you're drinking and driving. You reek of alcohol from your breath. So if a car just smells of marijuana, is that reasonable cause? There is on uh, the Edmonton Police website, um, all on cannabis, and it outlines everything. There's three pages on it. So can you test motorists at the roadside for drug impairment? Um, Now, if the field sobriety test indicates impairment by drug... The driver will then be arrested and taken to a police station to be evaluated by a drug recognition expert. At the, clu- at the conclusion of the DRE evaluation, if the DRE trained member has formed the opinion that a person's ability to operate a motor vehicle is impaired by a drug category, then a demand for urine or a blood sample will be made. The C sample is the C sample is then sent to the RCMP forensic lab to be analyzed. No charges are laid on the driver until the DRE's evaluator's call has been. Confirmed by the results of the analysis of the driver's urine or blood sample. And I know there's a number of lawyers who are saying, you know, the, the amount of time that you're going to be in custody yeah. and they're willing, you know, they just can't wait. They can't wait till the first person is charged to make a, to make a, a charter case. Well, on this it. is going to be good news for um, most entertainers. Because I, if, if they're hiring drug recognition experts, I would say almost every entertainer has the ability to uh, recognize who's holding. So I think that will make, that should be the job they should advertise. They, uh, do you, are you an entertainer for a living? We have an opportunity for you as a drug recognition expert. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.